Well, today we're beginning a uh, new series of messages called A Disciple's Focus. It's going to be a three-part series over the next few weeks, and it really came out of a study that I was doing in the early part of the book of Acts, and just kind of looking at, okay, God, when you started your work in, in, in the New Testament church, when you started your work through the church and your people and your followers, what were some of the things that they were characterized by? What were some of the things that they were known for? What were some of the themes that you look at their lives that really just pop out? And I know that many of you are here today, and you as well are followers of Jesus. You're disciples of Christ. You've given your life to Him, and you said, I want to do what Jesus wants me to do in my life. Some of you here today are investigating that. You're, you're considering that. You're thinking about that. And so what we want to do over the next few weeks is look at, if you were a disciple, if you were a follower of Christ, what would be some of the things that you would be focusing on in that walk with Jesus? And the first one we're going to think about today is prayer. A follower of Jesus Christ must learn and understand the critical role of prayer in having a relationship with Him. Now, when I say the word prayer, what comes to your mind? Uh, maybe you're like me, I think about that when I was in uh, college and I took those music appreciation classes. You ever heard that Gregorian chant thing? <laughs> okay, when I think about prayer, I think, well, uh, some people have thought about that as prayer, but that's not exactly how I want to live my life. Walking around singing, I'm not going to do it, Jeff can do it, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> maybe you think about pre-written statements. If somebody told you as a child, okay, here is... Here is a prayer that you can pray to God. If you just memorize this, and actually if you recite it over and over again, then God will listen to your prayers. Well, again, that's not what the way I want to live my life. It's just uh, from rote memory, just saying some words over and over again in hopes that God will listen to me. Maybe you picture it as something, though, that should be more real and meaningful than those things. But as you think about trying to pray, at the best, for many of us, it feels awkward, doesn't it? How do I, little old me, talk to God? Or maybe it seems inactive. You know what? That's great and all, but what are you saying? I'm supposed to pull aside in a room every day and just spend five hours praying and just let the world go on and hope it works out? No, I think that God expects me to do some things too. So, so sometimes prayer feels like we're just kind of copping out maybe. And honestly, for some of us, maybe it feels like it could be a little boring. Maybe you're just so tired, and maybe you're just a mom here today, and you say, listen, I'm telling you, if I sit still for five minutes with my eyes closed, I'm out, buddy, and I ain't waking up till eight hours later. You know, maybe, I don't know what goes through your mind when you think about prayer. Maybe some of us have that struggle that I hear from so many people, I'm not even so sure that God wants to hear from me. Or why should He take time to listen to my life? There are many obstacles to praying, but I want to tell you, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to know that first of all, prayer is where it all starts. Prayer is where it starts. Now, in just a very basic way, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be rescued, shall be saved. And so that's how my relationship with God starts. I say, God, what am I doing? I'm praying, aren't I? God, I want you to take control of my life. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm calling upon your name to rescue me, to heal me, to help me, to deliver me. So our relationship with God starts with prayer, but it goes beyond that. As we become a follower of Christ, the Bible demonstrates to us that prayer is the beginning point 
for all the rest of what happens in our walk with Jesus. Let me read to you from Acts chapter 1, verse 14. The Bible tells us that the Jesus' disciples, they had gone through the terrible trauma of the crucifixion. And then they had gone through the extreme elation of seeing Him. Can you imagine seeing Him risen from the dead? Absolutely incredible. But if you ever got Him back again, would you want Him to leave? <laughs> and then the sadness of, where are you going? Where are you going? Wait just a minute. And then the angel saying here in Acts chapter 1, what are you looking up in the sky for? Shoo, go on, go on, just, just go about your business. He told you to do some things. You can imagine putting yourself in the position of those disciples <laughs> looking at each other going, what do we do now? Well, they answer that question in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. It says, in verse 12 and 13, they went back to Jerusalem. They got to the city. They went to a room together. And it says in verse 14, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. It says that the earliest disciples, those who had been in the very presence of Jesus Christ, who had been the receivers of His teaching, who've passed it on to us, those earliest disciples, if you want to look to their example, when they were saying, how are we going to follow Jesus in our lives? The very first thing, the first place it started for them was prayer. Now, don't let that slip by you. As a pastor saying, dear God, Dear God, I'm responsible for giving some sort of leadership to your group of disciples. God, where do you want us to start? Or as a follower of Christ myself, God, in my own life or in leading my family, where is the first place that I should start? It challenges me that it was almost intuitive for the early disciples. They didn't have a training manual on, okay, when Jesus leaves, first of all, number one, Within a week, you should be praying. Within a couple of weeks, you know how we like our little, you know, diagrams and outlines to draw things out, our time frames. They didn't have a book. It was just, it almost just came natural in a sense of in their relationship with God that they knew we've got to pray. We've got to talk to God about this. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 15 tells us that the book of 1 Timothy is kind of a manual on how to do church. It's kind of a little training guide on how to do church in some sense, or how to do God's work. It, Paul was writing to this young uh, pastor named Timothy, and Timothy was wondering, okay, I'm a pastor now, what am I supposed to do? And Paul says, okay, here's some things about how you're supposed to operate as God's people. And he says, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 First of all, what if we were organizing as a church? What if we say, okay, we're all going to be followers of Christ. I want us to help us understand what we're supposed to be doing. First of all, what would y'all be doing? Listening, right? I wonder what's supposed to be first. What is, it, what is to be our priority? First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. Paul said, when you're setting things up, Timothy, in God's family, with God's group, with his followers, the very first thing should be prayer. And that word first that he uses means first in a sequence and first in priority. And so we could say, if we're, if we're setting up a manual for how to do God's work, okay, number one, point one, the first in the sequence, chronologically, the first step is prayer. And then it should stay the top 
priority even after the other steps come after that. That's pretty clear, isn't it? If you're following God, prayer is to happen first and prayer is to stay the top priority. You see, the early disciples, they knew. Listen, this is foundational for us. We've been walking with Jesus. We've been talking with Jesus. We've been right there with him. We don't know how to do this. (laughs) Amen. I don't know how to live life. I don't know how to be a church. I don't know how to do God's work. I don't know how to be a follower of Christ. And so I better be what? Talking to him about it. It was very clear to them that the only way it was going to happen was through prayer. They understood Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. that says, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. There's so much in this verse. Let us draw near with confidence. The closeness there, the confidence there, but also the need there to the throne who's in control of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You say, Robbie, I'm just beginning to start a relationship with Jesus. Where do I start? You say, Robbie, I've been walking with the Lord. But I've got to be honest with you, I've gotten a little bit off track. I, I, I've lost my focus. How do I get back? Where do I start? You say, look, i got this problem at work that I just do not know what to do with. Hey, my wife and I, my husband and I, we can't seem to get on the same page. I don't know what's going on with our kids, what's going on with our family. It's just not making sense anymore. Hey, listen, I want to be a part of this church family. I want to be a part of this group that's serving the Lord and loving Him and reaching out to our world. How do we do that together? You know what the answer to every one of those questions is? It's spelled P-R-A-Y-E-R. It's called prayer. If you're a follower of Christ, the first priority must be talking to God. John Bunyan, some of you have read the book, The Pilgrim's Progress, a great book. I love that book. He said this, You can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you can do no more then pray until you've prayed. Prayer is where it all starts. Sounds like a pretty big deal, doesn't it? It's where it starts. Wait to hear what's coming next. Prayer is not only where it starts, prayer is what we're to be known for. That's incredible. If you think about that, if I said to you today, we did a survey, you walked in the door this morning, I said to you, okay, I want you to write down, what do you think, according to God's Word, are the things that Christians are to be known for? What do you think you'd write down? Well, we're supposed to serve other people. We're supposed to study the Bible. We're supposed to love God. We're supposed to, uh, to spend time in His Word, growing together. We're supposed to be people of integrity. All those things are true, aren't they? We're supposed to be known for those things. We should be known for those things. You could probably come up with a whole other list of things that we really are known for, right? And they're not always complimentary. Being argumentative or judgmental or condemning, that's many times the image that the world has of God's people. But, but has anybody asked, what does God want us, His people, to be known for? Guess what? It's the same answer. It's called prayer. Let's read Mark chapter 11, verses 15 through 17. Mark 11 and verse 15, it says, They came to Jerusalem, and Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturn the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. Now, what's it saying there? Basically, God's house looked more like the racetrack than it did a house of worship. And Jesus came in, 
He was upset about that. That bothered him. And he would not permit anyone to carry merchandise to the temple. He put a stop to it. It's not going to happen. And he began to teach and say to them, Listen, is it not written? Now those words kind of haunt me when I read them. Is it not written? You know what Jesus is saying? What if Jesus walked in our church this morning and said, Have y'all not been reading your Bible? Did you not know that I've already told you what I wanted you to be doing? He said, Is it not written? You should know this. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. Now evangelism, sharing Christ with others, is built into that. That is our main mission on planet earth is to spread the good news Jesus Christ is alive he died for our sins he wants to give us life that lasts forever but built into that and what we just read is that God wants all the nations to know about him that's why we spread the good news but his ultimate goal is that all the nations would know and worship him would would meet with him I want my house to be a place where people meet with me people encounter me People from all the nations. As a pastor, I got to tell you, this passage bothers me. Because when I think about it, if Jesus Christ came to this place today, would we be known as a house of prayer? Or would Jesus be upset because we've gotten off track? Well, these verses tell us whether it's your life or whether it's God's people working together. See, the application for a temple could be applied to your life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, that you are, if you're a child of God, if you've received Christ, you are the temple of God's Spirit. The Bible also gives allusion to the fact that God's people as a whole, as we do God's work together in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, that in a sense we are God's building. God's doing something here, and God wants to shine forth. His house is not 400 Brook Lane. His house is us, the people of God. And when He comes to the people of God, He expects us to be known as a house, as a person, as a body of prayer. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, God challenged and actually commanded the Colossians. He told them, devote yourselves to prayer. It's a command. It's an imperative. He told them, devote yourselves to prayer. That means to continue in something, to be steadfast, to give great attention to something. What would need to change? Listen, what would need to change in your life for you to be known, not just to be one, but to be known, isn't that kind of different? For you to be known as a person who is devoted and passionate and serious about seeking God. Well, I thought about several words, and you can write these down. For me to be known as a person who seeks God, first of all, I thought of the word commitment. That I am so committed to prayer that people know, when they think of Robbie Lankford, that people know that prayer is important to me. Second word I thought about was consistency. People see that this is a priority of my life. I can think of people right now, I don't care where I am in the world with them. On a mission trip, on a family vacation, wherever we are, I can promise you they're going to spend time with God that day. You know people like that? They are consistent day in, day out. The son of Hudson Taylor, the great missionary to China, once said this about his father. Dear God, will my kids say this about me? 
For 40 years, he said, the sun never rose on China that God didn't find my dad on his knees. Wow. For 40 years, not one day rose on China that my dad, a man of God, didn't call out to God on behalf of those people. Wow. He was known because of his consistency. Now, you may not be there yet. Who is? Not many. You may not be there yet, but are you moving more towards that? I have to tell you that this year in my life, I'm moving more towards that, and I can tell the difference. I'm not kidding you. It's changing my life. Another word I thought of was concern. You will be known as a person of prayer when you show concern for other people, won't you? When somebody mentions something over the, in the break room and you say, wow, I'm really sorry to hear about that. Can I pray for you about that? When you're in the grocery store and you're standing in line and a, and a lady says, you know, she's having trouble with her kids and say, wow, it looks like you're having a really tough day. Can I pray for you about it? Whenever you go places and you're around people and struggles happen or, or maybe good things happen in people's lives and you say to them, hey, I'm going to thank God for that for you. I'm going to praise the Lord for that for you. Or I'm going to ask God, on, uh, I'm going to talk to God on, on behalf of you about that. When you show concern, you're going to be known as a person of prayer. Something else I thought of was change. My mom will call me many times and she says, I'm going to tell you something, Robbie. My, the ladies that I work with, whenever they have something serious going on in their lives, they tell me to call you and get your church to pray. Because whenever they've told me to tell y'all to pray about something and y'all do, something happens. And they just know that God answers y'all's prayers. Now, I tell her, Mom, He'll answer yours too. You know, He'll answer theirs too. You know, we've got to take it a step further. But we can be known as a person of prayer, as a people of prayer, because God answers prayer. When people see it answered, they're going to say, wow, those people do pray, don't they? And that God really is real. And then I thought of the word calendar. What I mean by that is more and more over time, as people see your life, I can think of a person right now, if I say her name, you would think of the word prayer. Linda Marvillo, right? Just moved to California from our church family. If I say Linda Marvillo, the first thing you're going to think about is prayer. If I say the word Miss Trudy Bean, it means nothing to you probably unless you've heard me share about her before. But I met that lady in 1994, precious lady. She was an elderly lady when I met her. She was kind of in the twilight of her life. But you know what? That lady decided, I am going to pray for the servants of God. She prayed for me, I guarantee you, every day from 1994 until the time she died. I believe it was last year. Wow. That's incredible, isn't it? Could it start for you with something as simple as turning the TV off a little early tonight? Yeah, I know sometimes you get home, you just want to chill out, you just want to kind of, you know, I just want to kind of relax, kind of decompress a little bit, certainly. I mean, there, there needs to be times like that. But would you say there's probably some of that time in your schedule that's wasted? That's really, I mean, instead of watching that extra program, you could really have turned it off. Yeah, I think we could all say that. You know, I want to challenge you. Maybe instead of reacting with panic the next time something happens in your life, instead of, instead of trying to run around and try to fix something, instead of doing that, why don't you just say, God, would you remind me to stop and pray? <laughs> Here I am. I was going to preach about this last night. And yesterday, something happened. I'm running around trying to fix it. And the Lord said to me, be still. Stop. Sit down and talk to me about it. What would look different in your life 
What would look different in our church family if we were to be known more as a place, as a people that pray and talk to God? So disciples focuses on prayer. That's where we start. That's what we're known for. But number three, prayer is how you'll make it in life. I hope that sounds desperate to you. Prayer is how you're going to make it in this life. I don't know if you realize it or not, friend, but you were not created to be the Lone Ranger. You were not created to live life on your own. You have a creator, and his full intention is that each and every one of us would have a daily connection with our creator. Doesn't that make sense? He created us. He knows how we work. He says, listen, you need to be connected with me every single day. And I'm sure there's many reasons for that, number one of which he loves you. He, he, he doesn't need to be connected with us, but he wants to be connected with us. But for, from our point of view, he knows we need it. Now, you've heard me say before, and I'll continue to emphasize, I want to encourage every one of us, if you do not have a personal daily time with God, whether that's one minute, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, wherever you are in that, I want to encourage you starting today to say, God, I want to have a special time with you, an appointment with you. I believe that's critical. I believe uh, there ought to be at least some part of your morning where you start your day with God, and we'll talk about that more at another time. But you know, it's not God's purpose just that we have appointments with him. It's really his goal that we have an ongoing conversation throughout the day. Now, I mentioned Colossians 4, verse 2, just a while ago. God commanded the Colossians to be devoted to prayer. But the very next phrase he says after that is, keeping alert in it. Now, I want to ask you, if I walked up to you and said, you better watch out. You better be on your toes. Hey, are you being alert? What would you say? What's, what's happening? What's going on? What's coming? Stay alert means what? There are some dangers. There are some things I need to look out for. I don't think I have to convince anybody in this room who's lived life for very long. Life is dangerous, isn't it? It takes about one second for our lives to change in a dramatic way. And God says, listen, it is a dangerous world out there. I want you to stay close to me. I can help you, but you need to stay close in contact with me. But you know, it's not just the dangers. It also reminds me that, yeah, there are dangers out there, but there's an even worse part of it is I don't always see them. It reminds me that, that my eyes aren't, aren't always as clear. Sometimes I shift into neutral. I'm not paying as close attention. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Do you ever find yourself in the middle of the day forgetting about God? Just living life and forgetting that you live life in light of a creator that you have a relationship with. Anybody do that? Absolutely we do that. Let me ask you this. You ever make commitments here on Sunday? And tomorrow by noon, let's say your mouth. Okay, God spoke to your heart. I need to watch my mouth. I need to watch my attitude, how I use my mouth. And then tomorrow at 11 o'clock, you rip somebody up. Okay? Well, let's just say, because you came to church today, you, you committed to a prayer time at noon. You go to your prayer time, dear Lord, begin to talk to Him. What's He going to remind you of? Remember yesterday? You committed to a prayer time, but you also committed to watch your mouth? 
How's that going this morning? Right? That's how it works. We have an amazing resource called prayer where God reminds us of things. He shows us things that we didn't know. He reminds us of things that we did know, but we forget so easily. God knows the only way we're going to make it in life is if we're, first of all, we start a connection with Him through our salvation, but then we continue to stay in close contact so He can navigate us through this life. Isn't that exciting to know that we have that resource? Why wouldn't we use it? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. You say, well, what's that mean? I'm supposed to lock myself up in a closet and, and, and just talk to God all day? No, it can also be translated, never stop praying. What that means is there should always be a constant flow of communication between you and God. I mean, just throughout your day, yes, I want to absolutely encourage you to have a special, undivided attention time, a personal daily time with God. But beyond that, that's just kind of a launching pad for really to get you, uh, really for me, it's kind of a, a, a reorienting as I start my day. I find myself many times getting out of bed and almost ready to jump. I think of things right when I wake up and almost ready just to jump and run. You ever do that? And many times I just say, whoa, hold up, big guy. Dear Lord, thank you for a good night's rest. I mean, even before I even do anything. I mean, still laying on my back, just waking up. Just after I'm mad about getting woke up by the clock. <laughs> Dear Lord, thank you for a good night's rest. Lord, in just a few minutes, I'm going to be spending some time with you. But between now and then, I just, I just want to tell you good morning. I don't want to miss this opportunity to recognize you as this day starts. That helps me. That helps me. And then in just a few moments, after I wake up a little bit better, get a shower, kind of wake up a little bit, then I spend some time with him. Okay, God, let's look at your word a little bit. Let's talk about some things that I believe you want me to talk to you about. Let's maybe even look at my planner. I look at my day. And I say, God, let's just kind of look over this. Is this the way you want it to go? Help me to be sensitive to your direction today. I'm already starting out with it's me and him, right? It's me and him. And then throughout the rest of the day, hopefully, I'm checking in with him. I'm talking to him. And when things happen, it's not such a... I don't have to do all the introductions, <laughs> you know? Uh, we've, we're already together. I can just say, Lord, help me. Or, Father, I don't know how, how, to, how to guide this conversation. I don't know how to help this person. I may stop and pray. I may say it silently in my head like Nehemiah did when he got in trouble. But I'm keeping that contact open with God. There are things that God wants to do that we'll never notice without prayer. There are things that God wants to protect us from that we'll never notice without prayer. Prayer is how it starts, but it's also how things continue. If you look at the book of Acts, I said the first thing they did, they, they said, we got to pray. We don't know what else to do. We'll just talk to God about it. And every, if you look, look at the book of Acts. All throughout the book of Acts, they're stopping either individually or as a group. They're stopping to check back in with the Lord. And it's not, like I said, it's not just to keep us protected but there are things friend that god wants to give you that you will never know about until you talk to him about it i heard this week somebody said this when we get to heaven we're going to find a room that's going to surprise us and guys gonna say i've got a room over here i want to show you some things and we're going to open that door and we're going to see these beautiful gifts they're going to be big gifts they're going to be small gifts beautifully wrapped and there's going to be a consistent thing about every one of those gifts you know what it is your name's going to be on it but there's going to be a sign above all those gifts that says this, never delivered 
because never requested. I really believe in my life, I really believe in our church family that God wants to do some things sometimes that we don't even know about because we're not talking to Him. And we're running around frustrated or mad or confused or doubtful or whatever it might be, and God's just saying to us, you didn't talk to me about it. He's not holding out. He's not, he's not uh, trying to hold a carrot over us and pull it back every time we try to take He's not trying to play games with us. He's just saying, listen, the only way I can give this to you is if you stay in contact with me. James chapter 4, verse 2 says, You have not because you ask not. Somebody shared a physical concern they had with me last week. And many times I'll just say, I can't promise you that it's God's will for this to be healed. But he says you have not because you ask not. So it might just be he's waiting for us to ask. Why don't we do that? Amen? I mean, God, Lord, if it's your will, I pray that you would just take this thing away. And you know what we find? Sometimes God says, it was my will. Thanks for asking. It's gone. He does that. Sometimes it wasn't his will, and we just trust him for that. But sometimes we don't have the gifts God wants to give us is because we're not in contact with him and asking him about it. Have you ever made this statement? What did we ever do without cell phones. You ever thought about that? I mean, really, it is helpful, isn't it? I fight things like that. You know, I, I didn't want to get a cell I finally broke down and got Well, you know why? Because I found that it is helpful. I mean, you're in the store and your wife calls and says, hey, honey, I found a good deal. Seems like it'd be a good thing to save on some Christmas money. What do you think? Isn't that helpful? She comes home, goes back. According to the ladies, it could be gone, right? <laughs> so it's good to have that. Guys, you're on the way home, and you know you're 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 running late, and 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 you know if you get there late, you're gonna have a lot of explaining to do, and it's gonna hold things up even more. Isn't it nice just on the way home just to say, "Hey, I'm running late, but I'm on my way. I'll be there in five minutes. Get things ready, and we can go right out the door." Isn't that helpful? What if you have a flat tire? There used to be a day where you were out on the Northway, had a flat tire, man, you just had to take for go off for a hike, right? In the cold, the dark, find the next exit. Hope nobody bothers you. Now you can lock your car doors and get room service, right? <laughs> Come fix my tire. Well, I've got good news for you. God has given this church, and he has given your life a family calling plan. No Roman charges, no extra fees. The only requirement is you have to use it, right? Right? Dad, why didn't you come help me with my flat tire? Uh, didn't know about it. Now, God's not in that position, but you understand the point. You got to call, right? You got to stay in contact. And you know what's neat about God? 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you have direct access to the inner place, to the, to the depths of God, to the very heart of God. When we begin to think about it like this, it's almost crazy that we wouldn't talk to God, isn't it? It is almost out of your mind to not use that resource. Prayer is where it all starts. It's what God wants us to be known for. And friend, it's how you're going to make it in life. Make it safely and receive the provision that God wants to give for your life. If we could just stop the bus of life right now and get off at one place, maybe it needs to be prayer. And for you just to evaluate before God, God, I'm a follower of yours. Is my focus prayer? Am I a praying person? God, are we a praying church? We do a lot of praying, yeah. 
But are we, are we serious about prayer? Well, I want to share a couple of things with you. Just a couple of direct applications, just to help you. Right now, if you are in a Bible study, and you're considering taking another Bible study, but as a result of taking that second Bible study, you would definitely not be able to be a part of prayer together, like on Wednesday nights together as a church family. I'm going to say something. Don't take that other study. We don't need more information. We need transformation. We need the information. We're going to study God's Word here. That's the bottom line. But listen, you don't just need more information in your head. You need to meet with God to process what He's already given you. If you're a Bible study teacher, <laughs> I know how I am. I get into it. And, and I start teaching the lesson. And I've just told our prayer leader in our Bible study, wave at me. It's not rude. Wave at me 10 minutes before because I'll keep going until Jeff plays the music. And it means we have to leave. I'll keep going in the Bible study with the lesson if you don't stop me. Let me say something, Bible study teachers. Stop a few minutes early. Don't, don't do that last point. Don't cover that last nugget. If you've shared God's Word, give yourself some time in your class to talk to God together. If you're just getting started, you say, where do I start? That's easy. Where do I start? I'm just starting my walk with Jesus. That's easy. Start by prayer. A personal daily time with God. You're saying our family, we're trying to honor God. We just want to walk with God and love Him. Where do we start? Just talking to a family the other day, and they were having some issues, and I said, First question I want to ask you is this. Do you have time together as a family praying? Family devotions. They said, we used to, but we don't anymore. I said, that's where I'd start. Absolutely. Friend, if you're, if you're in a family right now, you're not praying together, that will help a majority of your struggles with each other. It's hard to be mad at each other when you're praying. I guess it's possible, but it's not very comfortable. <laughs> as a church family, God... God, we believe you're doing something fresh. You're doing something new in our lives. Where do we start? It's easy, isn't it? We should start by prayer. Our salvation starts with prayer, and the rest of our walk with God continues with prayer. That's the message this morning. So if you're wondering, where do I go from here? If I wasn't sure, I'd start by praying right now. Let's pray together. Father, I don't know why it's true, but it brings encouragement to me that throughout the years of history, your followers have struggled with prayer. I think one of the reasons might be, number one, because prayer means dependence upon you, and we want to depend upon ourselves. And I also think, Lord, that one of the reasons is because the enemy hates for us to pray. And he does everything he can to discourage us from doing that. We make a commitment, then there's some distraction or something comes up. There's always a reason not to. But I pray today, Lord, that we not feel condemned or guilty or, or finger pointed at God, but we would be convicted and you would speak to our hearts. We'd be refreshed to know that God has spoken to us today, that something that may be challenging for us, nevertheless, is what you want for us. And it holds so much in store for us if we will just allow you to do it in our lives. It's very simple, God. It's so simple it almost seems too easy. I just need to talk to God about it. 
Lord, we want to do your work in a way that honors and pleases you. And we don't know all that that means, but we know the first place to start is by talking to you. I pray that all over this room, people are talking to you right now. I pray that as a church family, in the days to come, talking to you together in Bible study groups or coming out together in our Wednesday night praise and prayer together, whatever it is, God, special nights of prayer, whatever it is, that we would be known as a people who pray, who are passionate about that, who make it a priority in our lives, personally and as a group. As you bow before the Lord right now, I want to ask you, what is God saying to your heart? Maybe you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And somebody here needs to pray the most important prayer of all. It could be as simple as help. (laughs) But basically, what you're saying to the Lord, you could even say in the quietness of your heart, Dear Lord Jesus, I do need help. I know I can't do it on my own. I need you to come into my life. I know I've done wrong. And my sins are keeping me from you. And I don't like that anymore. And I know you can do something about that. Right now, dear Jesus, I'm praying to you to be my Savior. And to come live in my life and change me. 